got asked a, a good question today um, by the K-Doc in reference to the scene in Goodwill Hunting where uh, the emotional peak of the story is the counsellor played by Robin Williams um, comforting the, the character played by Matt Damon, the, the guy who was abused by his adoptive father and saying, it's not your fault, it's not your fault. And the K-Dog asks, why do victims feel guilt? Um, so, three things, I guess. One thing is there's a kind of twisted logic that occurs where the victim works it around so that inside of their head, they make it their own fault. Um, we'll come back to you like, yeah, obviously. Just hold that one, hold that one thought. They make it their own fault. Um, secondly, is that they're angry with themselves and upset that, and you're never angrier than when you're angry with yourself, that they didn't do anything to prevent the abuse from occurring. And thirdly, you need to understand the concept of toxic shame. I can't remember who said it, unfortunately. I've, I've got a feeling it might have been somebody like Wayne, Wayne Dyer, Wayne, Wayne Dwyer, however you say his name, um, where he said there's some types of people in the world that's like a fruit. Like if you squeeze an orange, what comes out the orange is orange juice. And some people, if you squeeze them in different ways, i.e. they're under pressure, what comes out of them is whatever is inside of them. Um, so guilty people will feel guilty under pressure. Happy people will feel happy under pressure. Um, optimistic people will feel optimistic under, under different pressures. Depressed people will feel depressed under pressure. So there is this element here where if that's what you're primed for, that's what you're going to feel. Uh, I talk about toxic shame a lot and I felt um, such overwhelmingly strong toxic shame from what I'd experienced in childhood that by the time I was a teenager... Uh, I had really quite serious symptoms of avoiding personality disorder and extreme social anxiety to the point where walking down the street and going into a shop and buying some milk was an ordeal. It was, it was incredibly stressful. My problem for me wasn't that I really thought that people, the people around me were bad or they were going to hurt me or judge me, which can be what causes people to feel social anxiety and elements of avoiding personality disorder. It was that I felt that I was repellent and that my presence there could corrupt or hurt or disease people. Even to this day, um, intimacy at times can be a bit difficult for me. At times, um, if I'm asleep, I generally don't like to be uh, in contact with the person I'm sleeping with because I'm afraid I'll injure them, which I, I think is a, um, is, a, is a leftover from that. There must be something wrong with me. There must be something wrong with me. It's like a mantra playing in the background um, all the time in, inside of people's heads, inside of people's hearts when they've been abused. So they're ready to feel guilty at the drop of a hat. I would say 80 to 90% of the clients that I speak to um, are suffering from elements of toxic shame and it's very easy to make them feel guilt and make them feel shame. So during sessions, I will jokingly do that with them. Um, to, in a light-hearted, humorous way, show them how un unrealistic, dramatic, and silly some of these patterns of thought are, and I've experienced them as well, you know, um, where you just feel like you're an awful person. It just reminded me of a, of a few things. I'm going to go a little bit religious for a second. Um, one of them was uh, I met a Silat instructor 
in the UK, very, very good silat instructor. And he told me his silat instructor in Malaysia um, was uh, Muslim, as you have to be to practice silat. But a lot of the silat instructors, they go for like a, a, a more mystical version of Islam, uh, which is Sufism. And he was saying that his instructor was so devout that he didn't pray five times a day. He prayed all day, every day, continuously. And that he always had the mantra running in his heart. Um, whatever, it's, it's, not, it's not called a mantra. I guess it would be called a prayer. There is no God, but the one true God, etc., etc. That would run the whole time. That, to me, sounds like a good idea. That sounds like a lofty ideal, because a lot of us are running a thought a root core belief that just plays like a circle in our hearts and our minds of there must be something wrong with me or um, I'm intrinsically a bad person or a shitty person or not worth knowing, that kind of thing. The other thing that reminded me to go religious again uh, is from the apocryphal, um, it didn't get into the mainstream Bible. It's a shame because it's a good gospel, uh, the gospel of Thomas, where Jesus apparently said, let me see if I can get this right. If you bring forth what is within you, what is within you will save you. If you do not bring forth what is within you, what is within you will destroy you. That's some deep chisel right there, homies. That's that's worth that's worth a few days reflection. That just sticking with that for a few days, you'll you'll get a lot from that. So where does this guilt come from? Well, the guilt is in you. Um, it was brainwashed into you. You now have a colonizing force that runs inside of your heart and inside of your mind that is telling you you're a bad person. So you're ready to just feel guilty at the drop of a hat anyway. You're primed for guilt. The other issue here that I was trying to sort of get across in my YouTube comment back to the K-Dog was when you're young, you lack ego boundaries. As you grow up, if you grow up in a nurturing, supportive, loving environment, you should grow healthy ego boundaries such that by the time you're 13, 14 years old, you're your own person and you can say no. You learn to say no. You learn to be able to say non-servium. Thanks. Don't ask me again. Uh, all of you who are watching this need to learn how to say no. And you also need to learn how to say inside of your own minds non-servium. And you also need how to learn how to say to people no means no. Because some of you get asked to do something and you say no. And then the person asking you says it again and again and again. And eventually they wear you down and then you just say yes just to get them to stop asking. So an expression that... That learning how to say no is useful, but a nice little martial arts psychology technique that I can give you is um, this is how you're going to flip your opponent on their back, as it were, is you're going to say, um, I just told you no, no means no, please don't ask me again. Um, now, a normal healthy person can do that. The ego boundaries should grow strong. There'll be no holes. The ego boundaries won't be malformed or deformed by twisted injunctions. Um, and they'll be fine, but for the rest of us, <laughs> those of us who are carrying the complex PTSD, we don't have that. So we have to relearn it from scratch. When you're a kid, you don't even have ego boundaries to begin with, and you can't challenge your mum or your dad. Um, you don't have the ability, the intellectual capacity to say, oh, well, my father clearly drinks a lot because he has borderline personality disorder because he was abused by his father. But You can't do that. Daddy is just daddy, and mummy is just mummy, and they're gods in your world. Um, in the film The Crow with Brandon Lee, Bruce Lee's son, um, there's a line in it. It's quite a nice little line. Uh, Mother is the name of God on the lips of children. So, you know, there's a godlike power that they have, especially when we are very young. Um, but when we're very young, we're as hypnotizable as you are at any other time in your life. Your mind is just like warm clay. It's ready to be molded and you won't refuse any injunctions. Um, 
beyond the um, primary level of like, do you want to drink orange juice? No, I don't want orange juice, I want apple juice. But if you're put in a context where the meta communication is, you're worthless, you're a burden, you're annoying, you take my time, I don't love you, I hate you, then um, you, you're gonna you, you're gonna grow up with these porous ego boundaries and the feeling that there's something wrong with me, there must be something wrong with me. So why do survivors of any kind of abuse feel guilt? They end up blaming themselves because the mind says, I can't blame my father because he's perfect. I know that he definitely loved me. He must have loved me. That's, that's an essential uh, core truth is he must have loved me. So therefore, when he beat me, it must have been because I'd done something wrong. You, you lack then the ability to, to, to uh, logically and accurately say, hey, this guy's a fucking asshole um, and that's just the way it is. Everybody thinks he is because you're a kid and you live in an environment where you depend on these people for your very survival. You don't know anything else. You don't know there's any options. You don't have any options. You can't just go, well, I'm going to go and use my credit card now and stay in a hotel away from you dicks. So you just have to fucking stay there. Um, that's where the complex PTSD comes in because you're effectively imprisoned in your own house in that uh, abusive environment. Um, then there is this thing that I mentioned before where you, you know, you will hate yourself for not being able to protect yourself and for, for allowing it to happen and not being able to do anything about it. The blame goes back onto you again. We do this because we are trained to do it. We do this, we put the blame back on ourselves and shame ourselves and guilt ourselves because we were trained as children that that was the right way to do it. It's never mummy and daddy's fault. It is always your fault because you're a horrible little whatever it is. Um, and you can't refuse that. You can't, you can't refuse the injunction. So you just, you just end up living with it. So that's why the victims of abuse can end up feeling guilty and blaming themselves. Um, and that's why, you know, sometimes when I'm coaching people, it's useful and um, pertinent for me to remind them and just say, hey, you know, this isn't your fault, right? And they'll go, yeah, no, it's not my fault, just like in the movie. Da, 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 da. But I know that they're carrying uh, a message in the unconscious that says it is their fault because there must be something wrong with me. There must be something wrong with me, right? If that resonates with you and you've got that running inside of your head, then you might need to get rid of that. These are the kinds of narcissistically abusive patterns of behavior that play out in childhood. These are the things that um, are necessary in order to prime you for narcissistic abuse in adulthood because a person not like me um, at that time who is not sovereign who is not independent who is a codependent waiting to hook onto an abusive personality type who is suffering from the people pleaser syndrome will not see uh, a narcissist or an abusive toxic personality the way other people do people with good boundaries sovereign individuals see somebody who's abusive and they don't even take them seriously they're just like fuck you mate Get the fuck out of my face. And the first time, and if they're in a relationship with them, the first time that person tries anything on, they kick them out. And you say, why did you kick them out? Oh, that guy's a dick. And they don't analyze it any further. It's, it's like a, a cell. You remember your biology class? The osmosis? The little cell? They have the proper cell wall that now I've said it. I can't remember what it's called. Doesn't matter. Does it matter? Um, there's a cell wall that water needs to pass uh, water needs to pass into for osmosis and waste needs to go out well if they have a strong cell wall there won't be any crap that gets into it there won't be any viruses that get inside of that um, sovereign body 
Um, but when there are gaps in the cell wall, then the viruses and the nasty stuff can get inside and it's not rejected. So there you go. I guess that's that for that. That's why people feel guilty even when they are the ones who were um, victimized by the abuse, not the ones causing it. Because they feel guilty because they feel guilty. They feel guilty because they're full of toxic shame and guilt because that is what, that's the environment that they were raised in and that is what they have learned to do and that is why I am an optimist because of something called neuroplasticity which you can go and look up. If you can learn to do something then you can fucking unlearn to do it. Can't you Max? Max, 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 Max. Yeah, he agrees. Okay, that's enough. Thank you very much for your time and your attention. And um, any more questions, stick them in the comments section, I guess. Speak to you soon.